Hey y'all, Treasury here with Picture Me Living and another solo episode for you guys. Super excited to talk to you guys today because I wasn't excited at first to not have a guest for another week. However, it's so much to talk about, right? And I got to keep the momentum going. I got to keep reminding you about the itineraries on the website. Go get yours. I'm going to put the link down below right now. Actually, I'm going to put it in the video on YouTube so you can see it. And if you're watching the YouTube, my lipstick is a little bit darker than I would like for this video. I feel like a lady, <laughs> a lady of the night, maybe. But um, I want y'all to go watch the YouTube, actually. And I'm going to be more intentional with my conversation because my personal goal, and this hasn't been any feedback from anybody out there, just my personal goal is less than 40 minute conversation. Um, sometimes I move a little slower. Sometimes I talk a little slower and sometimes I veer off into a different, you know, land <laughs> in my brain or whatever. It could get a, a bit erratic up there. I love that. I love that someone described conversation, not on the podcast either. This was a total separate conversation. And the young lady was like, wow, that conversation was so chaotic and I love it. And I was like, yes. Yes, because you can go pretty much anywhere and hear a routine conversation and hear the same thing over and over again. I have friends sharing me memes and other people's podcasts, and I get in my feelings about that. I check myself because, you know, the better we get over here, other people are going to share my work. And the more that I get Instagram worthy of sharing, um, people are going to start sharing my stuff. But I get in my feelings because y'all not tired of hearing people complain about relationships because I'm tired of getting those. And it's not because my stuff isn't getting shared. It is because I'm legit tired of hearing what people need to be doing in relationships and what people aren't doing. In... Like, damn, can we talk about aliens? Can we talk about where's the weirdest place that you've had sex? Let's talk about that. Where is the weirdest place that you have had sex? And I mean country, location, in the closet of your kid's room. Um, where is the weirdest place that you've had sex? Email me, admin at picturemeliving.com. I want to know because I want to talk about that. Because we're going to have non-routine conversation over here at Picture Me Living. Started off with a bang there. That was very random. But the beach for me is the most random place that I've had sex. The beach. Do you know that if you have sex on the beach and you get caught that you have to register as a sex offender? Like, how random is that for conversation? If you have sex with your partner, you're an adult and you have sex with your adult partner and the police catch you and they take you down to the station in handcuffs and you got to put in your, you know, fingerprints and shit. You are now a sex offender. If you have to register as a sex offender for the, <laughs> for the rest of your life and people, your neighbors are going to be like, what the fuck? And it's like, OK, I was just, you know, being naughty. I was fucking on the beach. Relax. Relax with the judgment. However, I didn't get caught, obviously. 
But sex on the beach is the best sex for me from experience and because I like to experience things and I like for things to be an experience. I'm not saying sex in the house isn't amazing, please. That's not what I'm saying. You can make your home, you know, a home and you're supposed to, you know, fuck all over that home. However, for me personally, the feeling of the sand in my fingertips, the grittiness while sexual acts are being performed, best sex ever. Best sex ever. Sand does get in places, though, that you might not want sand. So you you kind of have to be prepared. And uh, there's only a few. Like, you know how you watch movies and they be rolling around and, you know, the sand or the grass if they fucking in the park or whatever. Like, that's actually logistically unable. You can't do that. You have to definitely... Narrow down the 69 position to just, you know, three or four um, doggy style. You can't any hand. No, can't use hands for anything. <laughs> can't use hands for anything unless, you know, you are the receiver and you're digging your hands in the sand. That's the only time you can use your hand. But you can't, you know, move somebody's head. Once you do that, the sand is going to get is. Wingworm is now introduced into the conversation. Like you just, yeah, you have to narrow it down to just one, two, but I promise you, I promise you, make sure the cops ain't around. Don't tell the cops that Treasury told you to do this. I do not want to also have to register as a sex offender and I'm not enjoying it with you. Like at least send me a video if you're going to get me in trouble too. But best sex ever, sex on the beach. Thank me later. And preferably not on South Beach when it's kids out and pick the, listen, use some common sense with that. I just thought about that. I'm probably giving some horrible advice to some horrible people out there. Make sure it's like dusk. Make sure it's, you know, as it's getting dark, you know, or make sure it's actually dark, you know, make sure ain't no kids out there, families, whatever. The beach is such a vast place that there is no reason why. And it's so accessible to everyone. It's a drive. It's a road trip to a beach somewhere, whether it's a cold beach, warm beach, hot beach, summer, winter, fall, sex on a beach. I want to know the most odd or unique place that you have made it with your mate or Floral, whatever, girl, boy, whatever you got going on. I want to know what's the most unique place or favorite place. And I skipped over my reason why. Because once you guys give me your feedback, I'm going to talk about this with the guests. But to experience an experience with an experience, follow me here. Uh, and with someone that you care about, that orgasm is immense. I mean, it's something that you can't reproduce in the regular place that you experience that experience. So thank me later once again.
I do have some bucket list places that I have not yet accomplished sex, such as an airplane. Logistically, I'm going to let y'all know if I get that. Not with a stranger. It's got to be with somebody, you know, it's got to be with somebody that I care about. Because once again, you know, the risk of getting caught is like, you mean I can't fly with Delta ever again for the rest of my life because, you know, little hand job, you know, that's, that's not fair. But, you know, we're going to cross that bridge when we get to it. That is on my bucket list, travel bucket list. Season one of Picture Me Living, I did mention a travel bucket list and the items that were on it. We're going to add that to it. Sex on a plane. Once again, to experience an experience while experiencing something. Top-notch orgasm. Ladies, thank me later. Thank me later. And men, weigh in on this. If the woman's orgasm is top-notch, does it increase your pleasure? So... In an effort to be more intentional with my conversation here on Picture Me Living, I think that I know that I'm unique. My name is Treasury. It's not another Treasury out there. And I think that you guys know I'm unique. My name is Treasury. It's not another Treasury out there. <laughs> but I don't convey that well through my conversation. I will admit that. I don't convey that. I don't convey it well enough. And I want to be more intentional with that. With that being said, conversation is going to get even more chaotic, but it's going to get a little bit more educational, but more routine chaos. With that being said, once again, we're going to bring the big word of the day. Big word of the day. I've gotten picked on in my adult life for using words like expeditiously before T.I., um, I got a friend right now. I don't know if he want me to call him out, but he, you know, picks on me constantly. What you just say? I got to look that up. Like I, I use big words, not very frequent, but frequent enough to where I, I catch myself sometimes. Superfluous. Superfluous is how you would read that word. S-U-P-E-R-F-L-U-O-U-S. The definition is unnecessary, especially through being more than enough. Superfluous. An example, the purchaser, the purchaser should avoid asking for superfluous information. Now, Trey, they could just say unnecessary information, but it just don't make the sentence sound that good, you know? I do say that word not as often as my other big words, but I heard it in a TV show <laughs> earlier today. Fargo is my new TV show, by the way. And it is a word that I knew exactly what they were saying. And I knew in my mind that most people didn't know what this person was talking about. It was like a lawyer or some shit. I said, you know what? Let me bring this to uh, Picture Me Living because I won the Spelling Bee Championship like 10 years in a row. So why not bring some more useless yet educational information to Picture Me Living? I still need guests. So this is my chance to solicit guests. And I want to do more Zoom calls. Hit me up. 
Y'all know where to find me. And if you don't, I'm going to put all the information on the YouTube video. On my camera, I can see my lipstick and I'm just, I'm not feeling it for the podcast, but we, we need deep, we balls deep in it. So let's go. Soliciting guests and questions will always be a need for Picture Me Living, especially for my solo episodes. Thank y'all for rocking with me. Thank y'all for the feedback. And speaking of feedback, segueing from topic to topic was a negative feedback that I received from someone. And it is difficult to work on that. It makes me want to stop talking. And I want to say, okay, I'm segueing to the next topic. With that being said, travel story that was submitted to me by a listener made me want to also do this every episode along with the big word of the day. I want to talk more about you guys' travel stories because one, I can't talk about all of my travel stories. Some of them are girl coded. Um, even if I don't fuck with you no more, I, I, what, what happened on that girl's trip stays on that girl trip. I even had a girl call me before that flaked on my trip. I don't know what she told her dude, because she still went on a trip. But she called me like, yo, I heard you doing a podcast. So, uh, yeah, I was like, girl, I got you. I'm probably telling on her now. (laughs) Other than that. (laughs) Other than that part, you know, whether we cool or not. Something happened on a girl's trip. I think what happens between girls is, is, you know, sacred. But also, I can't tell all my, you know, travel stories because they're still ongoing. I'm still taking trips with certain people. Certain stories go over certain, you know, events. It goes over certain trips. And it spans, you know, so it's very hard for me to tell all of my stories every episode. This podcast should be here for a very long time. And I can't just give y'all everything, you know, at one time. You guys submitting your travel stories, whether it's a road trip story, wife got sick, threw up in a car, whether it is, you know, you took a flight with your six-month-old baby, which why would you do that? But, you know, submit those stories to me so we can discuss those. So this listener submitted a travel, a Navy travel story. And um, it brought up a very interesting topic of Dubai and how it was before and how it is now. Before it was Dubai, air quotations. It was Jabal Ali, and it was a lot of rich people, obviously. And then it was us, you know, these poor fucking enlisted and a few sprinkled some poor officers, obviously, because everyone on a United States ship is poor compared to these oil tycoons over there. And uh, it was totally different. It wasn't something to look forward to like Dubai is now. It wasn't highly sought after. Um, when I first joined the Navy, it didn't become highly sought after until about 2009 and after. Anyway, um, 
in this story, the guy proceeds to tell me how, and you know, men, they, you know, they looking for a little something. If you go back to Street Talk episode, he going to give you the scoop on what they looking for. And uh, it's very easy to find that in Dubai. But this, once again, was Jabal Ali before Dubai was Dubai. And before Dubai became the Dubai that we know, it was not a big Americanized thing, right? They had to sneak and listen to hip hop, things like that. It was very different. You know, I can't get too in depth into it, but it was very different. For us, it was boring. I'm just going to be honest. For us as a port visit, it was boring. It wasn't no clubs. It was barely any bars. Women had to do certain things. We all had to dress a certain way, whether man or woman. Um, Like this shirt, I, I, I wasn't able to wear that then. So, yeah, this listener said, you know, this was during that time where that was just a routine, boring visit. They go to a bar that is very boring, very bland. They're just happy to be off the ship or whatever. And they randomly run into an oil tycoon that owns all these gas stations in Dubai. And he like, you know, I know what y'all want. Let's go. And they think, oh, we finna be sex traffic. Like this is everything that safety stand down taught us. By the way, safety stand out in the Navy when you're going somewhere new. They make you watch all these videos about safety, watch your six, look over your shoulders, pay attention to your surroundings. You got to wear this. You got to do this. You can't curse in this place. Certain places you can't even spit over the, on the ground is they break down all the rules for each place that you're visiting. Right. So for you guys that don't understand why it's so comfortable for me to travel, maybe that's why. Because I was in the Navy and I dealt with a lot of safety standouts and a lot of briefings about different cities, different cultures, different mannerisms, and how most people actually hate Americans. So anyway, <laughs> um, they're like, oh shit, this is what safety standout, it, this is literally what they told us not to do, but fuck it, we finna go do it. And so they went to a bar that was playing like hip hop. DMX is a, a artist that he remembered hearing. And it was women walking around like, you know, what's up? What's up? You want some pussy? This is how much it is. Let's go. Like, what you need? Some cocaine? Like, it was people walking around offering them everything that they weren't supposed to have in, in the military. And a few of the people... That he was with because you can't go anywhere alone in the Navy, right? Once you leave the ship, you have to have a buddy system. You have to go with someone or a group. Check out. Kind of like checking out a library book. So you ha- it's rules to that, right? So some of the people in his group was like, oh, I got three e- Ethiopian bitches. What's up? We got to go. And I don't know what you're going to do. But I'm leaving with these three Ethiopian bitches right now. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do. But I ain't, we're leaving. So we came here together. We're leaving. So obviously the person that submitted the story said, well, damn, I, you know, I ain't got what I came here for, but fuck it. They go back. They just take a group of people with them and 
that same party transfers to the hotel. And this is something like a movie, the way he describes it. Get back to the hotel. And it was a situation where they were just holding their bags. They never checked into their room. They get back and they're like, your room is oversold, but we got a penthouse for you because you're a military member. Salute America, blah, blah, blah. So now they got a penthouse, three Ethiopian bitches. (laughs) And whatever else was in that story that I can't speak on. And they had a time. I said, oh, I I didn't do any of that in the Navy. (laughs) I didn't do any of that in the Navy. And I don't do any of that on my trip. So, you know, Ethiopian women are gorgeous, beautiful, you know. So I'm actually happy for him. You know what? Send me some pictures from there. I'm not going to share it. He specifically was like, yo, I want to share this story, but I can't say who was there. He told me who was there and I I am completely flabbergasted. Y'all ought to be ashamed of yourself, but I'm not going to say who it was. (laughs) There are some stand-up gentlemen that are married with families. And you can use your imagination what he said went on with them three Ethiopian women. Um, yeah. Isn't that like a dream though? Like when you join the military and I'm, I by no means, I'm not a recruiter. I don't give a fuck what you do. However, imagine graduating high school, joining the military and you're from fucking Lubbock, Texas. I don't fucking know. Join the military and you end up in that situation with three Ethiopian bitch. Boy, it ain't enough Viagra in the world. Listen, <laughs> listen. Oh my God. Like I can only imagine. I'm I'm happy that they got to experience that. That's all I'm going to say about that. Let me know. What's your craziest uh, travel story? Let me know. I want to hear it. So, recently I learned the top 10 podcasts, and not going to lie, it had me in my feelings. We got a long way to go to be top 10 podcasts. That's not why I was in my feelings. I was in my feelings because, you know, million dollars worth of game, even Breakfast Club, you know. It's another one. Um, Joe Budden is pretty famous, you know. Though I I enjoy those. I enjoy those. Eighty five South Show. They were not in the top ten, but what's equally as alarming is the top ten. None of them are complaining about relationships. There is one. Once again, I'm not going to name them that does have a feminine touch to it, that does have, you know, more broad conversation kind of like mine. But it's not the shit that's shared to me all the time on Instagram. I just wanted to touch on that because our relationship podcast starting to become 
the naked bitches on Instagram that people started to get tired of seeing. You know how you need to change your algorithm. <laughs> like men were complaining for a while. It's, oh, women are naked. And I'm like, I don't see naked women on Instagram. Nobody's sharing that to me. And I am a naked woman on Instagram. I don't see that shit. I see funny memes. I see dog memes. I see funny dog memes. I see sad dog memes. And that's it. I don't, I don't see Instagram models on my Instagram because that's not what I'm looking for. That's not what I'm liking. That's not what I'm ingesting. With that being said, and I follow Jay Shetty. I will mention that podcast. I follow that page because it offers a lot of positivity. And that's what I want my timeline filled with. And I talked to a couple of friends about this. I even told one friend, hey man, stop sharing it. Stop sharing. If it, if, if it says what a man or a woman needs to be doing, do not send it to me. Send it to your other friends. I am tired of seeing it. I am absolutely tired of seeing it. So for it to be so shared within my circle and I hear it and I see it on Instagram and other people's circle, maybe we need to branch out and start listening to other things. Thank you for listening to Picture Me Living. And let's continue to listen to Picture Me Living and other podcasts like this. Next topic. See, it's hard for me to segue into conversations. It's very difficult. So this is a... This is something that I've been thinking about for a few weeks. Mm. Drink of the hour is uh, some Don Julio Reposado that one of my girls left over here. Thank you. Mixed with a little Sprite, a little ice that melted. Why do we tell kids in 2023 that Santa is real? Why, why is this still a thing? Are you telling your kids that Santa... Is bringing them gifts if they're good. Why? I want I want to make this good. I I really want to make this good. I really want to make this part of the conversation good because I'm a Grinch. I'm a bitch, and I own that. Why are you telling your kids by saying? Okay, my personal Santa story. When I was growing up, my grandma raised me, obviously, talk about that. But my grandmother was Santa. I grew up in very low income apartment called the projects. There was no chimney. We had no cookies. If we had some cookies, they were some processed, packaged, cold ass cookies. We weren't baking no motherfucking cookies. I'm not leaving Santa none of this milk. I need that for my cereal. Santa was not coming to the projects, but guess what? I had gifts from Santa. Consuelo Jackson, my grandma, made sure that I had gifts from Santa. And because I was so small, you know, I stuck around with grandma, with granny a lot. And um, I would see her go to places that 
free gifts for kids for, you know, Christmas or outreach place. My grandmother did a lot of out, outreach work. She's very um, a philanthropist, if you will. And she had access to like Braves game. I went to, oh my God. Chipper Jones has to know who I am. I mean, at this point, we would be out there yelling at Chipper Jones, all these project kids. My grandma had access to so much stuff, you know. Specifically Christmas time. And she was even known in the hood at Santa. When the fuck did I have time to believe in Santa? And she would write Santa on the, on the gifts or whatnot. But you got to understand, like, I was very young and saw a little girl get killed by a stray bullet. I was very young seeing, you know, drugs and a lot of shit. Like, why Santa ain't doing something about all of that? So I'm not going to say I didn't believe in Santa, but I knew who the fuck Santa was. Santa was going to get everybody gifts from up the street off uh, Fulton Industrial and driving down Bankhead, bringing it back to the house. And, and my grandma wore a fucking Santa hat. She knew who the fuck she was. We knew who the fuck she was. The hood knew who the fuck she was. Bam, that's that. So do you think that I told my son about Santa? You absolutely the fuck not. But I did give him a chance to believe in. You got to let kids have their imagination. I have a soft spot for that. And you do have to allow kids to believe in something. But to brainwash a kid and say, if you're good. Santa will give you whatever you want. How does that. Translate. Into adulthood where it don't matter how good you are. Ain't nobody giving you shit. You got to go to work for it. So what I did when my son was a baby, because, you know, I, I wanted him to, you know, believe and have an imagination. Right. But I also wanted to be realistic. All the gifts from was from either his mom or his dad, all of the gifts were from either his mom or his dad. And he came to me a few times and I took him to see, I took him to the mall to see Santa. We got pictures with Santa relax, but he would come to me and be like, yeah, I'm going to tell Santa. I'm going to, and I, I would be like, oh, okay. Okay. You, you do what you got to do. But your mom and dad got these gifts. Had the Christmas tree up. I just recently stopped putting Christmas trees up maybe a couple of years ago. So for years, even after the incident, we'll get to the incident in a second. <laughs> but for years, you know, there was evidence of Christmas and he got gifts. I wrapped them up. I did all that. But one year I was struggling. I had got out of the military. My, my, my salary stopped for about a year and a half, two years. And it wasn't the same, you know. And... I was in a relationship at the time, very healthy relationship, but it still wasn't the same. And ladies, single moms out there, you know what I mean. When you first get into a relationship with a guy, like he's not responsible for certain things. 
So, yeah, man, I <laughs> I was in the car, first grade June, first grade shawty. He was telling me all this shit Santa was going to do. Santa was going to do this. Santa was going to get this. Santa was going to get that. I said, June, your mama and your daddy is getting that. And he sat there quiet. You could see the light bulb go off in his head. He was like, yeah, but Santa's going to help you get that. Man, I lost my, I, listen, this is probably one of the lowest parent parental moments that I've had <laughs> in my life, but I lost it in a calm manner. But I was like, you still believe in that? Why do you still believe? Like, aren't you at the age where, and his lips, oh my God, they were quivering. And he was just like, because he was at the cusp of that age, you know, Kids were coming to school, you know, telling him Santa wasn't real or whatever. And boy, did I feel terrible. When I seen that little lip, that bottom lip was just, I was, oh my God, oh my God, I'm such a terrible mom. I pulled my car over and everything and I was like, oh buddy, all right, here we are. This is one of the first of many difficult conversations we're going to (laughs) have. But I never told you Santa was real. And he was like, I know. So are you and daddy going to get me? And I was just like, oh, shit, I don't fuck this up. <laughs> I don't fuck this up. Oh, man. This is for all the people out there that think that June is super spoiled. Uh, he has a mean ass mama. So take that back. Yeah, I fucked that up. I did. I feel terrible. However, I asked him the other day, like, did I fuck up Santa for you? And he was like, no. I think he just said that to make me feel better. Thank you, buddy, for doing that. But ask yourself this. You can go in on me. I'm okay. I'm over it. I've wiped the tears. I'm over it. But ask yourself this. Because I have met people along my journey of life of different cultures that have said, because, you know, different cultures, they they are allowed to be more outspoken than our generation. Do what you want with that information. Uh, we, we got backhanded when we spoke up. But different cultures are allowed to speak up. And I've met people that said that they resent their parents for telling them that Santa was real. Like, why would you lie to me like that? Like, I really believe this. And I grew up with trust issues, not only for my parents, but you got to think about this, you guys. I know that it sounds, you know, because our community doesn't really address mental health and things like that. But that is a huge lie that we tell our kids that if you act right, somebody's going to give you something for no reason at all. And you as an adult, you know that that's not true. Unless you're a bad bitch and you run up on a LeBron James pre-marriage, obviously, because I love Savannah. But unless you run up on a bad, if you're a bad bitch and you run up on a basketball player that makes millions and millions of dollars and he has a beard and you can sit on his lap and you can get whatever the fuck you want. Other than that, the rest of us go to work. Nobody's giving us anything. Nobody's giving us anything through life. So once again, ask yourself, why do you say that? 
I'm not telling you not to do that. Like I said, I had a balance. I had a balance. The Christmas tree is beautiful. The holiday is beautiful. And you do need to enjoy the time off with family. That is very important. No matter how small your family is, no matter how huge your family is, that is the point. I seriously doubt Jesus was a Capricorn. You don't think that people made this holiday up so that you can go into debt and buy a whole bunch of people gifts that they're not going to appreciate? Once again, I know I'm a Grinch. Next topic. What is the most that you would spend on a hotel? Do you think that spending a lot on a hotel room will make or break the trip? Do you think that spending a lot on a hotel room will dictate how good the trip is? The conversation that I had with my son's father, um, I think it was the second conversation that we had. I was discussing with him. I was really trying to get him to give me some money for this trip since his son was gone. But <laughs> I was discussing with him the low budget hotel room that we were going to in Nairobi. And, you know, the, the, the safetyness was a, it was a big question mark. However, I'm always looking at different places to stay and I'm like, okay, $2,900 a night in St. Lucia. What are your thoughts? I'm going to use this time on a YouTube video to post clips of what this hotel room looks like. $2,900 a night. And you have to think that that includes certain things. Every hotel includes breakfast, but for $2,900 a night, that breakfast is going to be lit. They're going to pull the pig out the pan, cut the throat, peel the skin back, fry you up some bacon for $2,900. I promise you it's gonna, the bacon is going to taste a little bit different. They're also going to include things like water activities that if you stayed in the Holiday Inn Express, if St. Lucia has the Holiday Inn Express, I doubt it. But they're going to include things like paddleboarding, uh, snorkeling, a whole bunch of shit that is included, but it don't equal $2,900 a night. Not even going to lie. And so I did a little digging on this hotel. It's called Jade Mountain, St. Lucia. And there are nights that are $1,455 a night. $1,455. <sighs> What do you think? Like, it's on my bucket list to to do this particular hotel. I've been to a lot of Caribbean places. St. Lucia is one spot that I have not visited because that is where I want to stay. And I'm not paying it. I'm not paying it. I need y'all to keep listening to this podcast so that somebody else can pay for it. Even dating. Right now, I wouldn't even want my man to pay for that because you can give me that money. The fuck? We go somewhere else. Chalet Alphos in Italy. I visited there before. That is my most looked at video on TikTok. It went viral. 
And it is my most visited, tapped, whatever video on Instagram. And for two nights, first of all, I was 16 and up. My son was not 16, but he's taller than me, so I don't think they asked any questions. Language barrier. I just think they was like, fuck it. Um, <laughs> and the type of mom that I am, obviously, I ruined Santa for my son. So I just felt like I would be more on alert anyway in case they were doing adults-only things. There were no adults-only things there. It was no talkless nothing. It's cold as fuck, actually. During the day, it did get pretty warm in February. But anyway, for two nights, we spent about $1,100 for two nights for a basic-ass room. And the food was mediocre at best. Once again, it's an experience that was so good that not only I want to go back to, but my son wants to go back to. And he's the unbothered king. Oh, that's his new nickname, the unbothered Scorpio king. Every time I think of that, I think of future and I'm like, damn, is June going to be like future? So hopefully he doesn't. But anyway, (laughs) if he rich like future, okay, whatever. You can afford having a million kids. Anyway, Chalet Alphonse, I'm going to post a whole bunch of highlights, prices, etc. Do you think that that is worth the price? Mind you, I said, let me go back and see what the price is now. Because yesterday's price is not today's price, right? Today's price at Chalet Alphonse is... For the room that we had, 455 euros a night. So I don't feel like doing a conversion right now. I'm sorry. Definitely more than what we paid. The more expensive room is 900 euros a night. You can't get it. So that does have a, like a canopy, canopy bed is more romantic for the romance people going there. And then it had like a, um, it had like a distinct balcony. Mind you, my basic room had a balcony also. With that being said, if every room has a view, would you want the more expensive? You already made it all the way over there to Italy. So would you want the more expensive room? Probably not. I'll just give me the basic room. I'll see if I can post all the pictures of all of that, all the different rooms during that whole spiel. But what is the most that you would pay? Weigh in on that. And I ran over my time. I'm trying. I'm trying, Lord. I want to end things with advice. And I want to take my own advice here. And I did be more intentional. Move with intention. Move with a purpose. What does that mean? So let's just say dating. You're just out there dating. You're just out there seeing what's happening. You're just trying to see how people are moving, blah, blah, blah. But if you want to be married, you want to have kids, you have to date with intention. There's none of that. You have to date with a purpose. You got to have conversations with people to see where they're headed and move on. 
No excuses. Don't let your body get in the way. Don't let your physical get in the way. You just got to move on. If you know you want to raise and you want to make a specific amount of money on your job, it's not paying you that. And you know there are other jobs out here doing this. Apply for the other jobs. Move with intention. Consistency is key. Move with intention. Move with purpose. Thank y'all for listening. We're not too far over time. I'm actually very proud of myself. And I am extremely thankful for all of the feedback. Please email, answer the questions, go back, review, and actually I'm going to give you a timeline on YouTube. How about that? Look below at the timeline, go back, see what questions I asked, email me. Not going to do that for the audio, sorry. Click on the <laughs> click on the YouTube video. I need subscribers. I need y'all to go over there, set up an account on YouTube and subscribe. And thank y'all. Super happy that you guys are still listening and still hanging in there with me. See y'all next time.